This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Mercy Talk. I am Brooke Keels, the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy here at Mercy. Hey, I'm Rachel Thomas, the Podcast Coordinator and Content Specialist. And I'm Melanie Wise, the Senior Director of Outreach here at Mercy, and we are so glad that you have joined us today. I am really excited about our conversation um, today. We are going to be continuing kind of this series that we've had on attachment, um, but we're really going to focus today on looking at attachment through the lens of our um, relationship with the Lord and how some of our earliest relationships really has influenced how we relate with the Lord. And we're going to be taking a look at um, what's called the father ladder. And it's a tool that, you know, we, uh, I know have used here um, at Mercy. I know that they use it a lot. We've talked about the freedom prayer. If you were, if you're a Mercy Talk listener and uh, heard we did a, a, interview with the Freedom Prayer Executive Director earlier this year. It's something that they use a lot in their ministry. I was trying to actually go back and find where the Father Ladder originated, and it looks like it might have been from Bethel. Do you know oh, okay. that? I did not know that. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but I was like, okay, but I feel like I've heard the Father Ladder <laughs> a lot of yeah. places, and wait, who yeah. came up with this thing? But yeah. basically... To kind of give you, if, you, if you've never heard of the Father Ladder, I don't know, um, I'll just give kind of a little rundown of what it is. Um, you know, basically the concept behind it is that when we are children growing up, our, our fathers, our mothers, or other caretakers really kind of model for us a picture of God and of who yeah. He is. And so we ultimately, you know, when we're young, we kind of see what God is like by how our parents and our caretakers act, you know, what they say to us, what they Mm do. Um, And so the father ladder basically looks at how, first of all, our relationships with our earthly fathers or people in authority um, affect how we see father God. Um, You know, uh, fathers are often associated with like our needs for protection and provision, um, even like the physical needs of our bodies. And so fathers play, um, I mean, ultimately fathers play a really big role in like giving us identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all yeah. of those things, you know, can really uh, affect how we relate to God as father. Um, the father ladder also looks at how our relationships with like our siblings, um, even sometimes our close friends, affect how we see Jesus um, because siblings and peers, you know, are often associated with our needs for companionship and, um, you know, communication. And so those can affect how we see Jesus. And then it also looks at how our relationships with our mothers mm-hmm. um, and maybe other people who help like nurture us or raise us can affect how we see Holy Spirit. Um, because again, mothers are associated with our needs to be nurtured and comforted and directed. And so, you know, you can see how the Holy Spirit relates to comfort, help, encouragement, teaching, those types of things. And so um, one thing I do want to point out before we go any further, though, is that I've heard a lot of people have some issues with the father ladder. And I just want to go ahead and say a couple of things as we go in. It doesn't mean 
that just because you had a bad relationship with your brother, it doesn't automatically mean that you have a jacked up view of who Jesus is. Okay. Like it doesn't automatically mean if you didn't have good relationships that, you know, automatically you see God or Holy Spirit or Jesus incorrectly. Um, And the father letter is also not some attempt, attempt, that's not a word. Attempt. Attempt. There you go. Thank you. We got you. (laughs) It is not an attempt to somehow like humanize God Mm. or like limit our understanding of who he actually is. Um, It doesn't mean that like, you know, in the Trinity, the only nurturer is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that the, that the other uh, members of the Trinity can't, you know, kind of perform those other things. It just means that that's typically what we associate them with and what their primary function is. And so anyway, I've just kind of heard some weird things, weird pushback on it. So if anybody's like, I don't know about that, hopefully that can kind of, I don't know, debunk some of the, you know, concepts of what the father ladder is. Um, So anyway, that's kind of a rundown of what it is, what it means. Um, So let's kind of dive into that a little further. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, it's not God, right? It's just right. a tool to help you <laughs> kind of true. connect those pieces. So um, if you're deeply offended by it, then I'll let you go pray about it. Um, <laughs> I think that because at the end of the day, our relationships with our family, our parents, you know, adopted, not adopted, whatever it is, you know, all of those things influence how we see the Lord. They yeah. just do. There's yeah. no, it's, it is literally impossible that they don't. We got sure. created us as mammals to attach to the, those that care for us. Um, attachment begins in the womb. That is a thing. <laughs> and so it's really important that we understand that. It doesn't mean, again, that you're like dictated by it. Doesn't mean that you can't have a healthy relationship with the Lord, but that is an influence that you're going to have is, you know, the males in your life. And like you said, typically our fathers or the men in our lives represent God. You know, like you said, the the feminine side of the Lord can typically be represented or people are more comfortable kind of talking to the Holy Spirit, if you will. We see that a lot in trauma. Like, who are you more comfortable talking to? Mm-hmm. Is it God? Is it Jesus? Or is it Holy Spirit? And that really yeah. tells you where someone feels safe. Because in mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not God because, you know, they've been hurt by men and yeah, they yeah. Kind of, and, and we connect that to this, you know, father figure. And so it's really important to understand those things so that you can connect at a deeper level to the Lord, know the influences that you've had, you know, and also understand that these are all, you know, these are all facades for the Lord, like anything on earth is just not going to match how good he is that's good. and who he yeah. is. And that's why, you know, I know I talk about this all the time, but that's why you have to pursue the character of God because we will compare him to what we know. That's also what we're made to do. Right. So mm-hmm. like there's this whole, you know, learning theory too. Like um, one of the reasons you want to talk to your kids about hard things early on is because they compare everything they learned to the first time they learned it. So if they mm-hmm. learn about, sex and healthy relationships and, you know, the detriment of pornography from you, then everything after that gets compared to what they learn from you. If they learn it out in the world, then it all gets compared to that. And so it's that same idea. Everything we know is by our observed, you know, our observational learning. And and that's what we do is we compare. And so it's impossible not to, if that makes sense. And so that's mm-hmm. why I like this because it allows you to dig into those things and really identify, yeah. you know, who the Lord is, who he is to you. What are the needs that he's trying to specifically meet for you? Um, and just really knowing him. 
So, yeah. and, and, and the, and, and the pieces that you maybe didn't even realize you needed him to be for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So. Yes. That's mm-hmm. so good. And you're right, Brooke. It's a tool. It's a tool to help you kind of, um, put in, into words or better point out, okay, this is where I struggled. Again, this is where I felt like my needs were not met. How can I look to ultimately my perfect heavenly father to meet these needs for me? And so, you know, again, anything we use in our human like description, it falls short because God is more than we can describe or ask or think or imagine. But this gives us something tangible to go, okay, like this, like this, like this, and help to just better pinpoint and put in in human language, quite frankly. And so one thing um, that we, as we dove in, dived, dove, as we've gotten into this topic. Yeah, I know. I, I have not either, but that's, that's okay. We'll continue. We'll carry on. Dove in, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. Is an incredible book uh, called Freedom Tools. Um, and Jen Barnett, if you were able to listen a couple of, well, this is really at the beginning of the year. So in January, she came on and talked about freedom prayer, um, but talks about some of the ways that we can um, mistake in our earthly father for um, our heavenly father. And, and some of those might be, you know, how you would think of a father's you know, role to work. So like an absent dad, a broke dad, an angry dad, a fearful dad, you know, abusive, stingy, sarcastic, however you experienced your earthly father. And again, we're not saying that um, just because you had this with your earthly father means that's how you view God. But in a lot of cases, that can be the case. So um, I know my own personal story. I love my dad. Um, He's incredible, but he's always been very busy. I mean, incredibly busy, like more so now that I'm older than when I was younger, but very, very busy. And so I've always struggled with feeling like the Lord has time for me, or if I bring him something, it needs to be a thing. It needs to be like a real thing. Yeah. Worth his time. It's worth his time. Cause if it's small, it's just, it's, there's no time for it. And so Um, allowing the Lord to speak into that has brought a lot of healing in our relationship um, because that was something that I've had to work through with my dad and going, okay, just because, and again, grace, you know, at the time my dad was doing the best that he could, but just knowing that, okay, that doesn't mean that that's how the Lord sees or views me, that he's just got more important things. And when he has time, he'll make room for me. And so those things can be incredibly healing depending on what your story is. And I'm just curious, have you guys experienced some of that in your own life? Like with the Lord speaking to those areas of of wounding for, for you guys with your dad? Oh gosh. Yes. (laughs) Well, and I mean, you know, in, in connecting this back to, to the attachment piece of it, right. Of, you know, um, and we'll do this again, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, you should, cause that'll give some clarity on it. Um, but, you know, with, with the attachment styles of, of secure, you know, which is the healthy one, you're good with intimacy, all that dismissive, avoidant, strongly independent downplays the importance of relationships anxious, preoccupied, kind of dependent on others for self-worth, occupied with relationships, and then fearful, avoidant, so fearful of intimacy, socially avoidant, just wants everybody to be cool. You know, I lived in a home where my dad was very much like didn't really need relationships or Mm. the things he got was from other people. It wasn't actually from us. It was just Mm. this idea of, you know, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a pastor. So it's for everybody else, not your own family. Um, and so, you know, and then my mom was fearful avoidance. So she just wanted everybody to be cool. Mm -hmm. And so I became very, I mean, and I always have been this way. So that's, you know, but I became very 
like, oh, I don't need you guys. You don't need me. I don't need you. And so, I, you know, I'll just do what my thing. And if there's an issue, it's your problem. It's not my problem, you know, but it, it was crazy how then in conflict, you know, if he, if he was disappointed and it was kind of a similar thing with you, like my stuff is not worthy of your time right. because you've got to help all these other people. And so, so then what I learned out of that was let me just always be okay. Right. I don't need anybody. I'll always do what I need to do. I'll always do the right thing. I'll, you know, kind of, I'll handle my own business because you can't be bothered. And that's yeah. really, and it, it was recently just within the last year that I've been really digging into that with the Lord, which was mm. this idea of, you know, look, Hey, don't worry about me, Lord. I've got all this covered. You can go worry about everybody else. Like, yeah. like I'm doing him some favor, favor right? you know, <laughs> in this. Sure, I, and, feel it. And, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. And there was not intimacy in that at all. There was mm-hmm. not connection in that at all. It was just me figuring out or like trying to get a word from him to figure out how I could do something right. So then right. he didn't have to worry about me anymore. Right. And so, um, yeah. So I mean, definitely that's been fun to figure out. <laughs> so. That's good. And real, just real quick, when even when you said that, Brooke, that points out, that, that reminds me of something about how admitting our need, like that is a huge part or piece of intimacy. Because when we are trying to act like we have everything together and we can't go to somebody and reach out for help, like that, there's a barrier there. Like we're not growing closer. It's actually, yeah. it, the, the distance there is is growing. And I never really thought that of, I never thought of that as a problem, I guess is what I'm saying, because I always thought I was taking care of my problems. Like, oh, I'm not bothering the Lord with this kind of thing. But what was right. really happening was I wasn't learning to depend on him for what I needed um, yeah. it, because I hadn't practiced that um, with, you know, with my own father. And so just recognizing that those kinds of things, pointing those out and going, oh, man, here's where the need wasn't met. And God, here's where I need you to meet that need. That is just right blows my mind. Well, in the other men in my life, like I had, I, you know, used to show horses and he was a um, a army ranger, like in Purple Heart recipient, like just this, he was a bad dude. Yeah. And he, and that's who, you know, I rode his horses and he trained me and he would always be like, you know, God helps those that help themselves. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like you should, you just be awesome and then God will help you. Right. And so that's, that's a verse, right? Somewhere, yeah. right? No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's, got it. And, you know, and obviously there's a piece of like, you have to take responsibility. It's that's of not you know, yeah. negating that. But yeah. And then, you know, the other message, my dad would just be like, well, you know, well, it was good. You know, I mean, it wasn't perfect. And so then there was this literal idea of, oh, I can be perfect. Okay. And so, I mean, that was all these things just built into that. And, and so it absolutely shifted from, um, I don't, I I don't need God, but it was not, I don't need him as a rejection. It was, I'm being good to him by not needing him. Yeah. (laughs) Which is ridiculous. Yeah, I see that twist there though. I mean, I I, I super, yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32, and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically based, and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. 
If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. Again, it's just funny whenever you don't have the context of this, like even just the father ladder to, to understand why you see things the way you do. But like for, for most of my life, I have struggled with almost feeling like the Lord, like that God is kind of annoyed with me mm. um, because I can't do everything right. Like I just mm. can't get everything right. I can't, I can't behave correctly 100% of the time. And I, and I do wrong things. Mm. I have wrong thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that he's probably just like, oh, Melanie, get it right. Mm. Come on, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I've struggled with this kind of like legalistic view of God that he really just cares about me getting it right, that he cares about my behavior, that he cares about my character. I'm not to say, not to say that he doesn't care about those things, but that like, that's the focus of God on me. Sure. sure. And it's like, not until I was introduced to some of these concepts that I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I will say the same thing about my dad. He's a wonderful man and he was doing the best he could and he was a fantastic father. But like, it was always emphasis on me behaving right. Like, mm-hmm. and always praising, like even, you know, I was involved in all the things, like I was a basketball player, I was a musician and all this stuff. And I thought it was so amazing that my dad would always say, and it is amazing, like this is a good thing to say, but what he would often say was like, well, Melanie, I'm really proud of you for, you know, whatever, being the high scorer of the team or getting first chair in this thing in music or whatever. Like, I'm proud of you for that. But what I'm the most proud of is your character. And he said that to me yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I thought, and, and there is something really good about that of saying like, I don't, you don't need to perform for me on the basketball court for me to be proud of you because I'm proud of you because you have good character. Sure. And so what that kept emphasizing for me was that like, okay, so I just need to keep behaving correctly because wow. that's what it's all about. Right. I can just keep behaving right and just keep, then, then it doesn't matter if I'm good at all the things, I just have to be morally right, morally right. correct. And is it a sh- shocker? that I am an Enneagram one hardcore. <laughs> Cause that's all they're about is being yeah. morally upright, morally upright, morally upright. That's the focus of life. And if you are ever not morally upright, your entire world has crashed down that's upon tough. you. And in my mind, father is gonna be super disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think that that's actually true, but that was like the message that I was getting throughout my whole childhood. And so now I see like I can, I can absolutely put that on Father God. Like mm. if I do the morally unright thing, you are going to be so mad at me. Mm. <laughs> so, or just maybe not mad, just extremely disappointed in me. And I was just one of those kids. You know, everybody's wired differently. I was just a kid who was like, like a spanking, whatever. You know, right. whatever. If you're disappointed in me, um, I am a disaster. Yeah. So. You know, it's just funny because it's like, wow, I would never have been able to say that that's where that view of God came from. But yeah, it did. That's that's for sure where it came from. Yes, yeah. yes. yeah, yeah. Well, I like what you pointed out there too, because, you know, your dad was just saying something. He wanted you to value character. Right. And what you heard right. is like, 
You know, I mean, and that's what, that's what the enemy does is it's the agreement of what that means. Right. You know, and, and, and so this thing that he meant in no way negative, you know, was then interpreted and that, that's why it's so important to know who the Lord is and, you know, but as a kid, I mean, that's why we try and foster like, you know, like, what is that? you know, what does that really mean to you? And yeah. like having these conversations, but again, these are all things that I feel like we're just now doing. Like nobody, yeah. again, nobody did this in the eighties, right? We just right. <laughs> had big hair and bad clothes. And so yeah. I just think that, um, you know, anyway, all that to say though, I mean, you can see how people view the Lord um, just even in like the story of the prodigal son, mm. you know, and a lot of times we focus on the one that ran away, but the one that stayed, had a lot of issues too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of like, wait a second. You don't know what's yours. He's, you know, yeah. and I'm very much that one, right? Yeah. I'm the one that like, wait a second. Why did they got to go do, you know, yep. all That's these right. things. And then now they get X, Y, and Z when I've been a perfect soldier. And, but you know, but this yeah. idea of like, you, you didn't understand that it was yours all along and, you know, just these concepts, but our perception of the Lord is two brothers, same house, same dad. And how they responded in yeah. just two different ways. And that depends on personality. It depends on how you were raised. It yeah. depends on your experience with your family. Um, and and that's why it's important to, to you know, dig in, in in the appropriate way of, you know, how did I experience the world? What are the beliefs that I've, you know, or the agreements I've made about God's expectations of me that just aren't true? Yeah. And, and all of it, goes towards avoiding intimacy with him Mm. all of it really what the enemy wants is for you not to actually know who the lord is because we may all be going to heaven but he just wants to make sure it's really not awesome while you get there and you know and and the more that we know who god that's how our faith is built because when things make zero sense and i'm saying that as a place of a lot of things make zero sense right now Mm. you know personally and in the world today (laughs) at the end of the day like the only way to hang on is because i know god is good and if I don't believe that, and how do how does how do I stay in believing that when things are tough, and and allow Him to work and move, you know, in those places? And and I'll just tell you because I had to go on vacation and be on a mountain uh, with no internet, <laughs> which was just the worst. Um, and <laughs> why it was the worst is because I literally couldn't get away. I yeah. had to sit with the Lord and hear a lot of things yeah. and feel a lot of things and yeah. go through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And and it was amazing on the end of it, but I had no idea how much I'd been avoiding it. You mm-hmm. know, just how much I just, it was like, let's just push through, let's just push through yeah. versus actually connecting with him. And, you know, and we've got to understand our tendency. Yeah. To yeah, so we can in those moments be like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what I've been doing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's so key, Brooke, because that intimacy is what's going to lead to our healing. I just, you know, that that when we allow the Lord to search us to to be honest with Him, and we allow Him to speak directly to those places, um, that's when we experience healing. And of course, like you said, the enemy hates that. And it and to be really honest, like the beginning of it is not too much fun for us either. I mean, it requires, you know, leaving behind distractions. It requires, again, I keep saying being honest, but it's true because sometimes me living in denial is just way more convenient for the moment. It's like not going to require me to stop what I'm doing to do, you know, to look at hard things and say, okay, actually I do, I do need some help here. Um, But one thing that I thought was really cool in the freedom tools book that I mentioned a moment ago 
they, they said this, it says, often it is in hearing what Father God has to say about us that brings the healing so we can lead the person into asking Papa God, what do you think about me? And of course, they're referring to freedom prayer and the way they help people, you know, ask the Lord different questions. But it really is. It comes back to what you said a moment ago, Mel, about our identity and um, and asking the Lord, you know, Lord, who do you say that I am? Who do you say um, that I am to you? And what does that mean for my life right now? And how does that heal uh how does that heal the very needs that I've looked to others to fill if you feel that perfectly? Um, and so anyways, yeah, Brooke, I'm, I'm with you there. I need like, and to be honest, my phone is absolutely <laughs> like such a, I know for me, like such a distraction of like going, okay, I need to deal with this. And, oh, wait a minute. I, so I got a lot going on. I just, I don't have the time right now, but taking the time to do that um, is just, you, you won't regret it without a doubt. So yeah. I mean, I, I just think like if somebody, if anybody's listening and I've, you know, I've known people to kind of approach this father ladder thing from this place of like, does it matter that much? Like if I'm good with Jesus and I'm good with Holy spirit and I believe in God, like, and I believe in the cross and I'm saved, like, does it matter that much that I can't really relate to father God? If I'm, if I'm good with the others, I've got somebody to talk to. (laughs) Right. You know, and it's almost just kind of like, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And so I think it's so good that you pointed out those things. Like it, it does affect intimacy. It does affect your healing. And I just keep going back to like, I mean, one of my, you know, favorite scriptures is John 10, 10, that just says like, I came that you would have life and have it to the full abundant, all of those words. And it's like what you're, first of all, what you're missing out on is fullness and you're not you're not getting that full experience of what the Lord and what Jesus died for you to have you know yeah you may be going to heaven like you said Brooke but you're missing out on fullness and that that not only is affecting your life but I'm like if we're all kind of walking around with just kind of this like I don't know half full glass right. <laughs> having a hard time drawing an image of this yes but like if we're if we're all walking around just like so so yeah spiritually yeah who on earth is going to be drawn to that right that's a good like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna follow this guy and have a so-so life like no one's drawn to that and so the enemy is after our intimacy with the lord after our fullness after our healing but he is also after us not having an effect on the world (laughs) he's like if i can just keep a lot of people from not wanting to make the decision. Like you've already made the decision. I can't really mess with you, but like all these other people who haven't, if they look at you and just see this like, bleh, like thing, <laughs> they're not going to be drawn. They're not going to make the decision either. So right. it isn't just affecting you. I mean, you That's have no good. idea who else it might be affecting because you aren't living in fullness and, and so people aren't really drawn to that. So I don't know. That was just kind of a, a thought of like, if anybody's listening, going like, I don't know why this matters that much. Like, why is it that big of a deal? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's good. And if you are, then you've had an easier life than me. Um, (laughs) cause I just, I mean, you know, I think is, is being all in, it's just not worth it if you're not like, this is not easy. So why would, you know, why fight these battles and do these things? Like, but you're fighting for something when you're fighting to know the Lord and it's good. And, and it's, and it's actual freedom. It's not being in bondage and it's not being dictated by everything around you or the people around you. And, 
you know, and again, stability and peace and rest and in, in spite of everything that happens, you know, um, and just not riding the roller coaster of emotions. And, uh, so anyway, which is important. So like, you don't know how much I just keep going back to, I know I said this on Mercy talk, I don't know, earlier this year, but when the Lord kind of reminded me, Hey, guess what? Those areas of your life that are still not healed, like you've just kind of learned how to deal. Um, and you have actually, you don't know how much it's actually affecting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You You have no idea. So yeah. If that's why we say go ask a friend. Yeah. He'll tell you how much. <laughs> go ask your spouse. That's yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll leave you on a good note though. Um, so, and, and look, I, I know this can be a lot to digest. And I remember, you know, seasons of my life where you're just like, I, man, I can't ask the Lord what, what he needs to do because it's got to be so much, you know, mm. and just remembering again, who he is, how gentle he is. And, yeah. and he doesn't start a work he doesn't finish. Ooh, and so good. it's not going to be a halfway thing. And so um, I, we just want to encourage you to take some time and process a few things with the Lord. And what that means is honestly, just sitting down with him, maybe writing these things out. You can pray or journal or as, um, you know, one of uh, my favorite male people that I know says prayer document. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> really want to That's like to document my prayers. I don't really want to journal. journal. Them. I was like, <laughs> sounds good, man, whatever you need to do. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but, but what that means is honestly, and the reason it's important to write it out is because you process in writing. Mm. Yeah you, you know, you'll start one way and it ends another way. Right. And, but it's also, so you actually have it documented and you've got this thing. It's, it's so helpful to be able to have that testimony and to, and to read back through it and pray back through it. And how many times have you gotten a revelation from the Lord or something made sense? And then 72 hours later, you're like, something was really good. I don't really remember what that was. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important to do this. Um, So if there's a resistance, do it anyway. Um, but here's some possible questions to start with. Uh, one of them is, Lord, where have I incorrectly blamed you for the shortcomings that were actually experienced with my earthly father? So in other words, where are you kind of um, having God fit into who your earthly father was? Um, have there been other relationships that have negatively affected my ability to experience intimacy with Jesus or Holy Spirit? So mother, siblings, friends, um, and then what is one specific lie that you want to address that I have held on to from my father, mother, caretaker? Um, and and honestly, I mean, that's, have fun with those three because there's a lot <laughs> there. Yeah. You know, and it's not a, and it's not a one-time deal. And what starts to be one thing, he will take you on that journey of healing. And then there's other, you know, seasons of life. Like we talk about, we read the book boundaries all the time, mm. all the time, but these are the same thing because like, as Rachel talked about, it comes in layers, healing comes in layers. Mm. And so there's going to be another season or another experience or another context that you're going to need to be like, Oh, okay. There's a little bit more, okay. um, you know, or, or the people that have you thought were meeting needs and they really weren't and that's okay. Um, but where's the kind of forgiveness need to come in? And uh, anyway, but the Lord will meet you there and just write, write yeah. what comes to mind. And yeah. then you can compare it to his word later. It's okay. There's no pressure. 
Yes. Just let it flow. Yes. It'll, it'll be good. So. That's so good. Yay. Thank you, Brooke, for those. That was so helpful. And just as we close out here, I want to mention this, um, that if you're listening to this podcast and you go, well, I, I don't know my dad. I literally don't know my earthly father. I have no idea. Um, please don't think that this conversation is not for you either. The Lord wants to speak to who you are and your identity. Um, he wants you to know that he is the perfect father, that he has been there the whole time. He's never left your side. And so we just encourage you to process these questions with him as well, because, um, yeah, they're, they're just, again, what Brooke said, writing things down and again, going to the Lord for the very things that you need, uh, that just is such a game changer in building intimacy and dependency upon him and really experiencing the kind of joy that Mel was talking about earlier um, and not settling for a life. That's just, eh. and we're not talking about, you know, having all the things you ever dreamed of in the sports car down the road. I mean, Lord, if you want to bring that my way, I praise you. But, but, you know, I mean, it's really about um, experiencing full freedom in Jesus Christ and what that means for our everyday life. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today on Mercy Talk. Join us again here as we continue the conversation next time. Bye guys. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.